0: Courtside Club is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older.
1: And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready for Courtside Club.
0: And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel D'Amita, and welcome to the Courtside Club. I am so excited because I have a legend sitting with me today, the most famous voice in sports. Some might also call you the James Bond of announcing. Have you heard that before? I'd
1: well, think you money, Penny. <laughs> I heard that many years ago in, uh, in Tokyo before a, a Mike Tyson fight. Perfect. And uh, I had to get a translation, but I was pretty flattered. It was nice.
0: Well, the Michael Buffer, the James Bond of Boxing (laughs) announcing, Welcome to the Courtside Club. Thank you. I was actually so excited to have you on today. But also, I don't know if you knew this, I was quite terrified of you when I was a kid. Really? Yes, because of the Ready to Rumble video game.
1: Oh (laughs) yeah, yeah. That was a good (laughs) game. On Dreamcast. That's Oh yeah. That's almost a little before your time though. That was out in the nineties.
0: I was a '90s kid. I know, but so I spent a lot of time on that game. You're great in that game until that final level when you kind of transform into this like 10 foot boxing. Do you know?
1: I've never seen that. Oh my god! I I don't play video games, and I have still in my possession an unopened Dreamcast system and 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 the games in cellophane. There, there were only five or six games. The first day it came out. Yeah. And that was going to be Dreamcast was going to be the format, the game and they were lined up like in those days everybody would line up you had this you had to get this game and the, the video files were insane and our first day sales were off the charts. I mean, really mind blowing. Oh I, yeah! I was, I was pretty impressed.
0: <laughs> I was one of those kids, though. We stayed up all night with my best friends trying to beat that game. My parents really. With the, yes, I was obsessed with that game. You know what
1: the number one fighter was. In that uh, game? Afro Thunder. Oh, yeah. People loved Afro Thunder. He
0: was so good. And then at one point during the game, he went up like against himself or like his like brother. <laughs>
1: you really did play. No, I really did Because you're telling play. me things I don't even know about. <laughs> no.
0: But you were quite terrifying when you went from being announcer and then all of a sudden there's this weird like noise that you hear and you drop off screen and then you come back as this like ripped. And I forget the actual...
1: Well, that was that the real had, me. That part. That was you know, the, that like, was the I, real I, Michael I, yeah, Buffer. They, they had to animate me down to be that slender I guess guy, so. you know, and the, the real me came out. I, I I'm back to being slender
0: now. So, so yeah. So you obviously impacted the game of boxing so much, but also influenced my childhood and oh, impacted I'm, I'm, me because I'm of I'm glad of that video and I'm game. sorry at
1: the same time. <laughs> but I I knew the game was successful when we brought out the sequel, and it included. Uh, Michael Jackson. Oh yeah. That was off the charts. I was gonna say Michael Jackson. He loved the game.
0: Shaq was in Mm -hmm. there also. Yeah. Gamer. So now Shaq and I do commercials
1: together. So that's so fun.
0: So most people know you for obviously your catchphrase that has taken a hold of the world. Let's get ready to rumble. How did that start? You that was not your first job was not announcing. No. Your backstory is quite interesting. How did you get into announcing and, and how did that catch come about? Um,
1: I got out of the army when I was 23, young married guy, a couple of kids, um, like most people that marry their high school sweethearts from the sixties that marriage didn't last. Uh, thank God for my two sons, you know, of course. And uh, car salesman, um, unemployed car salesman again, you know, just knocking around and in my uh, very late 20s, uh, a friend of mine who was with a modeling agency, uh, she said, why, why don't you go in? and?" Because uh, I, I thought about maybe doing uh, voiceovers, uh, never, not about modeling. So I went in to see her agent and he said, what size do you wear? Let me see your hands. And uh, how tall For are modeling. you? and modeling. Yeah. And, and then the very next day, I was in a fashion show at uh, a very high-end store in Philadelphia. and. I haven't had a real job since. (laughs) So, this is
0: where James Bond started.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, that led to um, I was like older than almost all the guys. I'm like 30 years old now and uh, doing modeling jobs. And these fantastically handsome young men, 21, 22 years old. And uh, I'm getting a lot of jobs because I was kind of like a tweenie. You know, I could do the Father's Day ads and they couldn't and that sort of thing. Anyway, it and this led And was all in Philly. Yeah, you know, all in Philly and, and, and New York and Baltimore and you know started like just getting work. And um, started doing some uh, commercials with speaking parts and you know years ago in in the industry models don't speak. Models don't act. Models are morons. You know, it was just that that was just a, a foregone conclusion for casting agents. And uh, anyway, I just started getting the different parts. And so we're watching the fights. My uh, oldest son is the biggest sports fan. He's about 13 at the time. Boxing had come to Atlantic City and they had fights all the time. And so we're watching a Saturday afternoon fight and a ring announcer gave a split decision where he gave the first two scores and you knew who won the fight. Instead of giving it that fighter A, fighter B, and then you turn the place into a cathedral and it goes quiet. For right. the winner by split decision, pause, <laughs> wait. Everybody shuts up. It's great. Yeah. And still the undisputed, whatever the, you know, the response might be. And my son was like, I, I hate when, that, dad, you could do that. You know, just assuming, oh, really? I guess, by seeing me do a few, three or four commercials, local spots in Philly or something. It's all part of the same thing. And I thought, well, you know, it beats trying to buy a ticket to the fights. That just might be a way, as a fan, and right. I was a huge fan, um, so I started to contact the the local hotel casinos in Atlantic City, not knowing that the promoter hires the ring announcer, not the not the hotel. And um, I got my foot in the door when uh, the Playboy Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, before they folded, um, had a lot of fights, and they liked this... Hokey letter that I sent to each hotel that said, you know, perhaps you could improve the image of the fights, you know. (laughs) And I sent a headshot. But wait, you
0: sent a letter so they couldn't hear your voice in the letter. No, but I guess you were just. Oh boy,
1: when I look at those, when when I when I look at those those old tapes, I don't like my voice either. It's like you know that little bit of a Philadelphia accent, and I always feel like I sound like I'm definitely from the East Coast. And but anyway, it's uh, I just got my foot in the door. I was horrible. I mean I really was bad. It was really, it was dreadful. Sweat and like, you know, hold my hands are going like this and you know, you're in front of uh, a thousand people in the middle of the But you hadn't
0: done live work before. I'm no, I
1: lied right and said I did. Okay. You know, I mean to you know I said That's I, what we all do. I had experience, of course. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Uh well, let's not say I didn't lie, I just sort of like exaggerated a little bit. Fake it till you make it yeah, is what we call it. it. Like, exactly. Yeah. And um I had the, recorded it, I looked at it, and I said, okay, I gotta be better at this, do this better, and I got another chance, and um, improved, and uh, it became a full-time job after about a year and a half.
0: Do you remember what that first fight was?
1: I don't remember what the main event was, but I I do remember one of the fighters had a great name and nickname. He was, um, I forget his last name, but he, he was a Jewish fighter, and his nickname was the Hebrew Hitter. It's okay. like Herb the He Herb the Hebrew Hitter and whatever. And uh, I, I I know someone I can call up and find out exactly who that was. He's got the tape, and I threatened to to kill him if he doesn't destroy those tapes. But so um, where
0: did the catchphrase "Let's get rid"? Right, that is your phrase. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I can say it without getting well. It you can't.
1: And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So what what uh, what happened was. Back in the 82, 83, 84, when I started, the ring announcers were in, they were all like sort of like pals with the commissioners. You had a guy in California, you had a guy in New York, and, and they were all part of the local commission. So they would introduce the entire boxing commission uh, the, 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 you know, for, the, for the state. Now, just imagine going to an NFL game, and before the game, somebody introduces the entire front office of the NFL, you know, like, uh, you just kill the crowd. right? So in boxing, we're in that uh, electronic era where the fighters come with the music and it's exciting and it's the main event and everybody and the fans are, that's what they've been waiting for. And then the ring announcer introduces this bout sanctioned by the New Jersey State Athletic Control Board, Boxing Commissioner, Chairman, four board members. Four, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, you're just... Uh, three doctors, four doctors, a timekeeper, <laughs> three judges. You see where I'm going? Mm-hmm. You've wiped out all that atmosphere. So I because wanted because this
0: is between the walkout and them fight fighters and come into
1: the ring. The music stops, and the ring yeah, announcer. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that would oh, be just, like if you had a whole just kills the crowd. Up, kills right. the crowd. Yeah. So I wanted that 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 feeling you get at the Indy 500. When that little old lady... The, I, actually, I did the opening introduction for the Indy 500 once. And then for the, the that line, gentlemen, start your engines, where everybody... Got, that's that's the line. That's the moment. Yeah. But they have... Uh, at that time, was like a... Oh, I guess she's probably my age now. But a, a little old lady came out, and she actually had it written down. Gentlemen, start your engines. And gentlemen, start your engines. But still, everybody went crazy because it's what they want to hear. It means the right. race is going to start. So I wanted... Gentlemen, start your engines, that that type of catchphrase. Yeah. And I tried, uh, and now, ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts. Sh- 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 nothing's happened. <laughs> yeah. Man, your battle's staying. No, nah, that wasn't going to work. And fasten your seatbelts, I like that, actually. The greatest of all times, the greatest of all times, Muhammad Ali. And you can see this on YouTube and everything where, before uh, the fight or weigh in, and he would just say, I'm so pretty, I'm running up and down mountains, I'm chopping wood, let's get, you know, uh, I'm ready to rumble, rumble, young man, rumble. So I started saying, let's get ready to rumble. And it wasn't anything like you hear today. It was, you know, I would say, let's get ready to rumble, 10 rounds of boxing. And I just, because I I, I wasn't actually, I wasn't trying to bring attention to myself, but I was trying to do something to let people know we're we're going to, it's the main event right. and uh, I stayed with it and I, I think that was a smart move
0: and you trademarked that yes who advised you to do that or was that just you being no, like no, listen it, I made this phrase and none of y'all are taking it
1: that that's the way I felt about it okay. when it because it started um uh a car dealers uh, let's get ready to rumble knock out deals and you know like and I'm thinking wait a minute you know, they're using my phrase and it became yeah. popular and fans are enjoying. So I started contacting attorneys that consider themselves to be, uh, you know, uh, IP, uh, intellectual property attorneys. It Took four or five before I found one that knew what he was doing. Cool. And we got it trademarked.
0: Pretty smart business decision, I would say. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so your, your brother is... Also, somebody who's very well known in this combat. He's space. like a
1: superstar with the uh, UFC.
0: Superstar, yeah. But from my understanding, you guys met later in life.
1: Yeah, I I came. I'm a World War II baby, November 1944, and uh, dad was uh, in the Navy and off on an aircraft carrier. And I think they were probably about 19 when they met and like, I'm sure, probably millions of couples during World War II. I'm going off to war. Let's get married. And because, you know, in those days you you couldn't do what you really want to do and you had to get married. So um, uh, I was the result of that. And um, so when I was 11 months old, I went to live with uh, foster parents while uh, my my birth mother was a single mom and had to, uh, you know, go to work. So that's that's I was uh, kind of really lucked out in the foster system I had the same parents for uh, till I went in the army at age 20 So uh, it was quite an experience, but I I grew up under their name Uh, I wasn't legally adopted and and I grew up under the name Michael Huber Huber and so when I went in the army you know, in 1965, they have to make sure you're not a communist and and a an, right. you know, spy, and they well, have got to see that certificate. birth certificate. Yeah. To be, to, <laughs> no, no, your real name is Buffer. I, I literally, you know, went to report and you know get on train to go to uh, boot camp, and they said, "Oh, and by the way, you're you're not Michael Huber anymore. You're Michael Buffer." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I mean, I knew my real name and everything, so, and that's uh, that's how that happened. And so, then where does Michael your Buffer.
0: brother come along in this mix?
1: Because um, when uh, my birth father, uh, they, you know, and mom, they divorced and moved on, and uh, he went on with his life and got remarried and had a couple of young young boys, and uh, we met in
0: 1989. And you were in your 30s at this point. 40s. Yeah. Wow. And so, did you help your brother also get into this? space because it's kind of it's kind of yeah. crazy no, I, no. I, I can't well, what happened
1: was uh bruce is the youngest of the, t- uh, the my two brothers bruce and brian and bruce is uh he's a go-getter he's a hustler he's a businessman he's a fantastic poker blackjack player and he's and so i was at a point in the uh, late 80s early 90s where um I needed somebody to start taking these phone calls I'm getting for. Uh, we want you to do a commercial. We want you to open the game for the Cowboys. We, you know, that all these You're other things. You're too booked. Yeah, everything besides boxing, and you can't really take those calls yourself. You know, you have an agent that mm-hmm. has to take care of business because you can't, you can't uh, talk to a, a client and say, "Well, I'm worth this," because it, it just doesn't work. You need somebody else to, you know, be the bad guy. Right. And uh, so. Um, we sort of like put our heads together, and uh, he liked the idea of uh, of being a, a you know manager, and agent, and we we formed a, a company to take care of this. And then, and he was always into martial arts. So, in um, I guess it was like the middle '90s. Uh, I had a contract with WCW Wrestling, and, and at that time, the WWF, uh, as it was known then, was huge superstars and all these like fantastic wrestlers and then wcw and ted turner they were competing against each other and the wcw came up with an unbelievable contract for me to do their biggest events mm-hmm. and it gave it that real official uh, look to it you know where yeah uh, before in wrestling you never had a ring announcer come out and say uh this contest sanctioned by the uh, Georgia State Athletic Commission. Georgia State Athletic Commission. What? Well, this must be real. You know, just had a had a great touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that became a, a really good deal, and I had done some of these early UFC events, but the contract I had with uh, Turner and WCW, they said, listen, you know, this this is sort of we feel like it's competing Completed. with yeah. with wrestling, and uh, and I, you know, said okay, and so Bruce kind of got his, you know, he said he, Could I do, you know, could I do that? And he loves, and he's really, he's got a brown belt or something. He's really an MMA guy. And uh, like, yeah, you know, he got his foot in the door and it just took off for him. It became a really uh, great thing for Bruce Buffer, the voice of the octagon. Right? Yeah.
0: But then you had to hire another agent.
1: Um, no, no. I mean, we, he
0: stayed we, working as your agent. Oh, I mean, he's a worker. He's, he's a
1: workaholic. thank God because I'm lazy I just, yeah. and I just, yeah. And it's, it worked out really well.
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the sports world and have been in the sports world and you see, you know, athletes who grow up in an athletic family and then you, you know, you see brothers do well together. Some mm-hmm. play in the NBA together or go in the NFL. But to To have a voice and just a presence, and myself as a host, like that's not, that is something you have to work for, but mm-hmm. then you guys also had it, a little bit of it come naturally with just your voice and being blessed with that. So it's really cool to see both of you guys yeah. excelling in this space.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: So here on Courtside Club, we like to take a halftime break. I want to mm-hmm. jump more into your story, but first I have a little game for you. <laughs> I'm going to put two people, places, or things into a ring, and I want you to call the match.
1: Okay. Ready for this? Yeah.
0: You're going to excel at this. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. We'll (laughs) see about that.
0: So recently, you actually were at the Super Bowl and announced Mm -hmm. the Rams. Rams versus Chargers in the ring.
1: Well, it was Rams-Bengals in a Super Bowl, but uh, you want to... You're gonna have the Rams versus Chargers.
0: Well, we already saw that outcome, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and you're from Ohio. I'm from Ohio. It was a little (laughs) heartbreaking. but it was a great game.
0: It was. Yeah. Rams Chargers. Who you got?
1: Uh, Okay. What's really interesting about this matchup is the Chargers are in what probably now is the hottest division in all of the NFL. All four teams now that. uh, Uh, Russell's gone to uh, the the Broncos. Mm -hmm. All four teams could go to the Super Bowl. All four. I I don't think there's another division like that. Uh, Then again, three of the four teams in the Rams division could all be Super Bowl contenders too. So this is is a matchup of of two of the best teams in the NFL. And uh, you're asking me my opinion as to who would win. Two great, I mean, a great quarterback and another guy with the potential with, to be one of the best quarterbacks in Herbert. Man, oh man.
0: I like how you're building the anticipation like you do at the end yeah, of fights, I mean, you know? <laughs> like,
1: Like, I'm going to say, I think because the Rams' defense would prevail, just like it did through the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, at the end of the game, in the last 15 minutes of that game, the defense, you know, really came through. I think the Rams would have the edge in that game, and they both play in the same stadium, so it's you know they're go they're going to be okay. in front of the LA fans. Great game!
0: All right, we got the Rams. Next up, I know that you grew up mostly on the East Coast, got your start there, but now you are living on the West Coast. So, mm-hmm. LA versus New York,
1: city versus city,
0: city versus city.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I love LA, like the song says, I love LA. Yeah, uh, New York is is an exciting fantastic city for me but I just can't take it for more than four or five days at the most but I mean when it comes to uh, Broadway and the Yankees and uh, the Mets are playing well just There's a lot of culture everything. in
0: New York for sure.
1: Yeah, it, but it's a whole different thing. Blondes versus brunettes. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing. A different fashion scene on uh, on each city, but I like the way, uh, Yeah, you know, I live pretty far outside of the city, just on the fringe of the county, and I just like the atmosphere. And, and where I live, you know, I've got trees and coyotes and rattlesnakes, and I'm in a canyon, so I, I'm going to stay with L.A.
0: Take it to L.A. Yeah. All right, next up, you're from Philly. I got two very famous Philly guys for you. Oh, Yeah. We got Will Smith and Kevin Hart. Head-to-head <laughs> head in I, the ring. I, I,
1: I have to say I'm pals with both. Uh, you want to go to YouTube, you can find me with a great introduction of Kevin Hart at, at an NBA uh, All-Star uh, game where they have a, he has Wait, a shootout. Wait, stop.
0: The, the celebrity game?
1: Yeah. Well, he, he has a uh, uh, a three-shot shootout with um, uh, the guy from uh, Golden State.
0: Uh, Steph Curry? Nice. Play Thompson? The
1: tall guy, the, the nasty guy on defense.
0: Draymond Green? Green, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. No, I was going to say if you did the All Star Celebrity game, I was going to be very jealous because I played in it two years. So if you, oh, if it, Kevin man. Hart was in it before I was in it 2018 and 17, and he had retired from the Celebrity game before that. But Okay, anyway. so, you're, so you're,
1: you're, Kevin Hart versus Will Smith? Mm-hmm. Will Smith played Ali really bulked up Kevin Hart is is a a Philly guy he might be hard to
0: hit though because he's so small oh yeah and and he's athletic and and he's moving he's
1: quick so it's a tough (laughs) one Uh, I'm going to take the taller guy uh, in spite of the fact that he uh, had an altercation at the Academy Awards recently (laughs) um god I hate to even say this on the air because I love both guys and, uh, and I'm pals with them both um yeah, it's, it's got to be Will. Just, Will. just, just based on size.
0: Size for sure. I mean, if you saw him in I Am Legend and some of those other movies too, guys, Jack—he's Will Smith, man. Yeah, he's Will Smith. Yeah. All right, next up, staying in Philly, Eagles versus Sixers. Eagles versus. Seventy Sixers. Eagles. Oh, that was quick.
1: Yeah, uh, just based on. Um, Sixers still have, a, they, they're like another guy away from being, a, what were they, number three seed this year in the East? Uh, and so
0: I guess when I think about the Sixers, I think back to when Iverson was there because he was my favorite player Well, I think up. back to
1: when Moses Malone and Fo okay. 5 you know. So
0: if we take it back, if we go OG Sixers versus... Wow. Prime Eagles?
1: Uh, well, Real OG Sixers is when they were called the Warriors and they had uh, Will Chamberlain. Uh, <laughs> Wait a uh, second. I haven't heard uh, of that one. <laughs> 1997 uh, or 1967, pardon me. Great team. Um, now, I, I'm going to say Eagles because I'm I'm an Eagles freak. So that's it's just my heart. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: I'll take that. Last but not least, this one might be tough. Tyson versus Ali. Ali.
1: Ali. Yeah, and I, I'll I'll base that on a few different things. One would be Ali because my heart would say Ali, and like I, I just said it instantly. Right. And Mike Tyson is one of the most devastating punchers in boxing history, heavyweight history. But based on what boxers did when they fought Mike. Um, would have to be uh, my decision there too. Like if I wasn't totally in love with the whole history of Muhammad Ali and then would be more objective, I would then have to look at fighter styles and what they've done. Uh, What's really interesting about both fighters is in their prime, they both lost, in Mike's case, two years of his career. In Ali's case, three and a half years of what would have been maybe the the greatest uh, fighter in the ring in history. Uh, in those three years but they, they were gone because of his stand on uh, going in the draft during the Vietnam War so it's uh, really interesting I'm going to say uh, Ali with the edge and you know what Mike probably wouldn't even debate that either because yeah. he, he loves Ali
0: and you've stayed relatively close to Mike have you not? you went yeah. on his podcast yeah. do you have any stories he seems like the biggest character um, yeah. and I love like, yeah. what he's gotten into now are there any stories that you might not have told sure before? I'll
1: tell you off the air but, um, the thing I love about Mike right now is he's so happy in his own skin. And I, I, I mean, he's just, you know, with his wife and kids and his life and everything, and he's just positive and, and just, it's, it's a great, a great life story. and there are a lot of tragedy there. Um, I think. There's a lot of things in his life where he needed direction and he didn't get it based on promoters pulling him here and there. And, and just, um, there was a point where, uh, you know, he was incarcerated. He had $50 million in the bank. And when he got out, he didn't. And he, you know, just gave up on year after year of trying to fight, get that back through lawsuits. Just a lot of, a lot of horrible things. And now, um... He's just he, he's glad but he has no complaints about his life, and I really love that. I'm really happy for him.
0: He's unapologetically him.
1: Yes, know? yes. And
0: when I obviously I'm in this space where I watch a lot of YouTube and listen to podcasts, and and he's he's popping up on all these different right. platforms right. that I watch. And you're right, he has this joy about him, mm-hmm. and. I'm not someone who watched a ton of Mike Tyson even when he was fighting. But to see him there now, he always brings this great energy. And even when he chatted with you, he was having the time of his life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you guys got into the weeds about boxing a little more than we do on Courtside Club. Um, but that was a really fun conversation. Yeah. It, it was
1: sure. very interesting because um, pod is legal in California. And uh, <laughs> it's quite, it's uh, it's it's all over the place on his show. And
0: uh, We... But can I tell you, I was reading some of the comments and they were like, (laughs) they were like, Buffer has a contact high right now. He's just like totally vibing out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for
1: real. It was crazy. Uh,
0: We have a sparkling water on courtside club, so uh, keeping it clean here. (laughs) No. Okay. Time for the second half. So speaking of social media, there is this new wave of celebrity influencer boxers Mm. that are Honestly, I feel like bringing a lot more popularity to the sport. How do you feel about it?
1: You know, uh, about twenty years ago, we had a show on Fox, and it was uh, called Celebrity Boxing. And we had uh, the Fridge, the guy from the Chicago Bears, and Manute Bold, the uh, seven foot five. Oh yeah. uh, and Just um, who was the who was the skater that had uh, the other skater kneecapped? Uh, yeah,
0: oh, the... Uh, ter- oh, no. Um. <laughs> Nancy, Kerrigan. <laughs> what? Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. Yeah, Tanya, Tanya Harding. Harding. Right. The yeah, crew yeah, was yeah. jumping in, ladies yeah, and, yeah, and gentlemen. And they couldn't
1: resist. Um, I, I, it Wait, it the just one it was who crazy. Danny heard... Bonaduce fighting the, the, uh, Greg from... Uh, the sitcom from the 60s. You had Greg, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh, the Brady the family. The Brady Bunch. The yeah, Brady yeah, right? Bunch, yeah. And... Yeah. and, and just it was crazy, but it was really fun, and mm-hmm. the audience got into it. and Everything the ratings were great, so we we did a couple of those, and uh, but that was just celebrity versus celebrity. Right now, you have these guys that uh, Logan and Jake Paul that are are pretty studly athletes. You know, they're yeah. You, know, you think ah YouTubers and whatever, and of course they've made millions of dollars, and but they've <laughs> made themselves into especially Jake. Uh, Pay-per-view boxing events, and it's really amazing. And uh, he's got one coming up against um, Tommy Tyson Fury, Fury. Right? Yeah, Tommy yeah. Tyson Fury's brother. And that's really going to be interesting. I mean, you know, I, so I'm going to watch. So you were
0: there, which fight did you announce for Jake?
1: I did it was, the, uh, the Or a the first, Logan
0: Paul's KC, KSI fight. The
1: KSI fight in, in Manchester. And that was uh, not, They it was still technically amateurs They wore headgear and, and that sort of thing. Uh, sold out arena. It was amazing. Uh, but
0: when they called you for that, did you did you feel like eh, I'm not sure if I want to do this. This is like a YouTube- these yeah, are YouTubers un, boxing. boxing. Un, until
1: until I threw a number at him and they said okay and I said, I'm, I'm this is good. I, I so, <laughs> I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah, that worked out well.
0: But you're so you're impressed by what they've done.
1: So far yeah, I'm impressed. I mean um
0: do you think yeah, Jake Paul it, it, is- the action
1: in the ring is is pretty crazy.
0: Do you think Jake Paul is legit because a lot of people will fight against that and say oh these these fights are rigged or he's paying them to to take the far or, oh he, he's not actually boxing real boxers. Do yeah, you agree with that? No,
1: no, they're, they're not rigged. They're 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 professional. They're licensed. They're governed by whatever state commission they're in and I mean it, it's yeah, they're they're real fights. Um I don't know if it's real. Competition, so we have to see what happens when it's more of a um, like. He obviously hits pretty hard, so we got to see what happens when he hits a guy and misses and gets countered by a you know a a pro at a different level.
0: Well, I think I think Tommy Fury is the first one who is a an legit boxer. Everybody else have been like MMA or or UFC fighters. Or no, he hasn't been hasn't had a UFC fight, right? Because he has a beef with. Dana White, who won't let him. <laughs> well, that's anyway, we could get into outside the Outside drama, I have no <laughs> idea what's going on there. <laughs> we'll but keep it, that It's separate. all
1: part of the PR. You know, exactly. Yeah.
0: All right, people, we're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app ever, and honestly, the only one you need. It's not just about the big bonuses and boosts and promos that you get. It's the fact that every time you bet, whether you win or lose, you're earning towards the types of perks only Caesars can offer, free stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. That's because when you download the Caesars Sportsbook app, you become a Caesars Rewards member, and that means perks. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. What fight to you was most memorable that you were in the ring for that you got to call?
1: There's two different ways to to, to look at this. Um, There are fights that are great fights. And then there are just like other sports, whether it's baseball or or football, you know, a game-winning home run and a crummy game or something. a great moment, I mean a really great moment, is when George Foreman, and this is 25 years ago, or uh, is fighting Michael Moore for the WBA Heavyweight Championship, and he's losing every minute of every round, 45-year-old guy against a, a 20-something undefeated heavyweight with the world title, and in the 10th round, he knocks Michael Moore out wow. I mean, it's, it's just, it's literally unbelievable. It's what dreams are made of. And and that was, it was, I can just remember having tears in my eyes and everything for me. It was, it went both ways. I knew Michael Moore for his whole career from late and mm-hmm. uh, an undefeated light heavyweight champion to heavyweight champion. And I knew his, his family and it just, so I, I felt the heartbreak, the, the, uh, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, Right. but for George, 45 years old, he wins the heavyweight championship of the world. You know, And I mean, it, even that immediately he put sunglasses on because his eyes were so puffed up from being uh, punched so much in that yeah. fight and everything. It just That was a great moment. But um, some great fights. Um, one, uh, I'm sure everybody in this room doesn't even remember anything, but it was in 1989. I ran Barkley a so-so mid-range contender fighting Tommy Hearns for the middleweight world championship, is being murdered, I mean, just being beaten to death, and knocks Tommy Hearns out. I mean, this is out of Rocky, this is insane. He's now the middleweight champion of the world. So he's gonna fight this guy now that's like he's, uh, people are writing him off as being a has-been, some guy named Roberto Duran. Mm -hmm. who was the lightweight champ then the welterweight champ then the junior middleweight champ now he's sort of like now he's taking a shot at becoming middleweight champion against this young chiseled steel iran barkley in atlantic city it's in february 1989 a blizzard outside 18 inches of snow The, (laughs) the whole island is shut down yeah it's still everybody packed the place and they fought one of the greatest fights i've ever seen in my life uh,
0: so, just so what, a great fight. So what you're saying is it's not always the knockouts that are the fights. Because I, I feel like oh, yeah. with our generation, the knockout fights are the ones that everybody and with social media and whatnot, those are the ones that are going viral. Everybody wants to see that. But you're saying the fight that you just talked about, that was a split decision. They went yeah.
1: you know the full 10. Went 12 yeah. rounds. Yeah. Awesome. Championship fight.
0: um Something that through a little bit of a wrench in your career, that I heard you talk about a bit, was when you were diagnosed with throat cancer. Mm. what What was that like? Because I could not even imagine. Firstly, just being any kind of cancer diagnosis is is a scary moment, yeah, sure. and then at the same time, that's something that's your whole livelihood is is obviously your voice. Um, can you can you talk about how you felt in that moment and and what you did to kind of work through?
1: Yeah, um, you know, when I got the diagnosis, uh, you know, it's cancer. And cancer usually only goes one way, and that's downhill. And of all things, it was throat cancer. And uh, my wife, Christine, and I were engaged at that time making wedding plans. And uh, this came along. I was 63, I think at the time, 64. And um, I just assumed, well, you know, I had a good run, you know, and let's just work with this and had prepared for uh, radiation, chemo, surgery, and uh, Christine just kept trying to contact, like, who's the best surgeon? when mean, we, we, we knew where it was. It was uh, just, I mean, they're like tumors, but they're like little mini tumors, right. but they're I like go on the left side of my throat attached to my tonsils. Um finally this uh, somebody a good friend of ours said listen there's this one doctor at USC Dr. Dale Rice. He's the guy. I mean you have to. And you know I mean I'm, I'm sure everybody's trying to make uh, appointments with just the get a physicals. Like, oh well the doctor's free in, the, in 5 weeks, you know and right. he just so she calls I'm scheduled to have surgery on a uh uh that Friday. She makes a call on a Monday that week, and that doctor's son was taking the place of the normal receptionist, and it turned out he was a fight fan.
0: Oh, wow. And just
1: this is, you know, and he said, oh, oh, yeah, Michael Buffer. can you come in tomorrow? We're like, brought the x-rays I had, and this guy said, just looked at it, and he said, you'll have surgery, and that'll be it. Like, that's like, awesome. Yeah. Like, just like uh, surgery, that'll be it. I, yeah. you know, I, I know what to do here. And so I canceled the uh, surgery I was scheduled for. And that was it. That's a blessing. It's been for 14 sure. years now yeah. with uh, uh, cancer free.
0: That's so awesome.
1: Amazing. Just,
0: a, I mean, you- it's like,
1: you know, you get the right guy at the right time. And wow. But I mean, if it, I don't think if his, uh son had been working the phone that day it might not have happened
0: well Uh, that's what i think was the craziest part about that story is mm -hmm. he could have been in the restroom and somebody could have been filling in and answering the phone for him you know it's just like to have all the the timing line up like it did Mm -hmm. it you know you were meant to get that surgery at that time and be in the position that you're in yeah but i was going to say you you look great you seem super fit do you have a certain workout routine or, or diet that you stick to I, to stay healthy? Yeah,
1: I've had a lot of back surgeries too. So I, I can't I can't play golf or tennis or, you know, I, I but um, I do uh, an elliptical workout for like an hour, hour and 15 minutes almost every day.
0: An hour and 15. That's longer than I work out.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm a little, I'm probably a little slower than, than you are.
0: So. Still, I mean, but, it's pretty know, impressive. Put, put a movie on and just do that yeah.
1: Yeah, and work up a sweat and, and that's like cardio and- you know, just uh, twenty-five pound dumbbells and that sort of thing. My wife is into yoga and just kind of freaks me out. Like, honestly, how it's, do you do that? You
0: know? It's working though. Whatever you're doing, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep working out and doing my forty-five minute exercises. But when I when I start getting older, I might uh, pick come up come on, that too. I, you know, we were talking
1: before. <laughs> I, I've seen you on, on it's on YouTube, folks. You should it see is. her. As she's a gymnast. <laughs> she's <Yeah>. great, <laughs> flying through the air.
0: This this might be a question that hasn't gotten brought up in, in other interviews, but it is something that's near and dear to my heart. And I saw by looking at your social media how much you and your wife care yeah. about animals. Yeah. And, and the message that you promote about adopting pets and the senior pets that you do have, has that always been something that you cared about? Or was there some moment that kind of got you into that space?
1: I, you know, I mean, I had it we had a family dog as a kid and i kind of just wish i knew now what you know uh, <laughs> you say that about everything in your life i wish i knew then what i know now um but um i, I just uh, cats and dogs uh pets are just uh, we're vegan too because of, one, Stop, of the, one really yeah yeah one of the reasons re- as well yeah oh great That's well, awesome. one of the reasons is because of the cruelty to chickens and Cattle and everything. I mean, that goes on. To, you, know, you have to take protein supplements and it's worth it. Just anyway. Um, so, so that's a- animal why he rights. Looks great, you guys. <laughs> He's
0: also eating a vegan diet. That's Absolutely. so cool. Yeah. yeah.
1: My cholesterol is like ridiculous. So yeah. It makes a big difference. And um, uh, when Christine and I met, I had a uh, a Yorkie, two cats and uh, she had a couple of dogs and we just sort of like you know uh, that grew as a family then we rescued a couple uh, more and you know you just it they're just a part of our lives and she's a board member with the the forgotten dog and uh so it's just part of our lives and and yeah and my sons do the same thing they have uh, uh cool. rescue dogs and well, I love
0: that. All of my animals have been rescue animals yeah. and I volunteered at the shelter for years and, and just being able to to see them. You see the animals once and how they live when they're in shelters. And I feel like that was all I needed to, mm-hmm. to know how I how I could help out firstly. And then if I were ever to, you know, get a pet. To, yeah, to get I, I always try shelter. to post
1: stuff that says rescue adopt. Uh, That your reward is unconditional love, Mm -hmm. and it's really worth it. And it's it's just, and I think it makes you a better person. I I think people that have pets, I I know big tough guys that have dogs, and they're just they become. uh, There's this one guy uh, in Georgia that has a farm with for pit bulls, Mm -hmm. and just and you would uh, tattoos and looks like you know just. (laughs) And he just babies all these dogs and takes care of them, like a hundred of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Well, I love that you're still using that famous voice of yours to also be a voice for animals. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So we are nearing the end of the game. I have some buzzer beaters for you to close it out. So we alluded to this earlier, but I want to know the best could be fight game that you have ever been courtside for.
1: This is a buzzer beater, I'm, I, I have to...
0: No, we just kidding. <laughs> we'll give you a little time. <laughs> wow. I, I, all
1: right, I'll just take one recently, The really exciting. It, it may not be the best fight I ever sat at, at ringside, but uh, Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko, the drama of the young fighter versus the older fighter, and both fighters knocked down and this and that, and, and Joshua prevails. Uh, like in the 11th round or whatever with a knockout win. Just a great fight and worth going to YouTube for anybody out there. You want to watch that. Good, Perfect. A good one, yeah.
0: We love YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Who was one person dead or alive that you would love to sit courtside with? Or ringside?
1: Yeah. In it, uh, you know, even though I've been with him many times and have sat with him and have known him uh, for most of uh, my my life and uh, and while he was here with us but i I would still want to uh, I just even get choked up just even thinking about it i I'd love to be with Ali again when he was Ali you mm-hmm. know I mean you know in his later years he was still inside that that person that we saw and one of the things that i I always uh, used to get a kick out of was um, because it, it, you could barely hear his voice, so I'd have to go down like this, and uh, he would, in his whispering voice, he would say, "I'm still prettier than you." <laughs> and it just, it just, it just—he was the greatest, That's and, and cool. will always be the greatest. And so, if there's anybody I could uh, sit next to again, it would be Muhammad Ali.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And what is one event in history, sporting or otherwise, that you would have loved to have been courtside for?
1: Wow. Uh, I don't know if this is in in your memory, but um, I can remember watching on a black and white TV the uh, nineteen sixty Pittsburgh Pirates winning the World Series. It's sixty or sixty one. I think it's sixty with Bill Mazeroski hitting a uh, a home run in the 10th cool. uh, inning at, at Forbes Field. I'd like to be at that game.
0: Perfect. Yeah. And I have one last thing before I let you go. Would you mind saying a little tagline for courtside club?
1: <laughs> no, I wouldn't mind at all. Let's
0: do it. I'm putting you on the spot here. All right.
1: <laughs> we have, which which one do you want me to look at? Go for it, Saturday. Like, yeah. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready for courtside club
0: (laughs) and the crowd goes wild (laughs) michael thank you so much thank you so good to be here thank you
1: thanks